Well, good evening, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome again to our Wednesday night service. What date is today? 22nd? 22nd of June. And I'm thinking that this year is moving so fast. And what can we do? Because of the elect's sake, the Bible tells us that the days shall be shortened. And it seems like the days are moving rapidly. Either that or we are so busy doing a million things that time is not enough. Well, for me, I think I can, I can take an eight-day week. But unfortunately, we can't do that. We just got to stick with what we have. However, we are glad to be here on a Wednesday night. And um, we are hoping that this coming Saturday, we will stop streaming the service, um, live streaming to the entire world. Uh, there are a few people that will uh, be in a private group, those that are not in, um, in Mississauga, living in the area, but are out of town. Uh, some, a few individuals uh, from Africa, a few individuals from India, and um, a couple of individuals from the United States that are desirous to follow us. And so the only services we will be streaming full, the only service we'll be streaming full uh, is the Sunday service until we feel inclined to change that also to a private setting. However, if you are interested in finding out about the services, we're on Spotify and uh, you can find uh, download Spotify on your on your device and follow the messages um, it is brother Joe what is it my gospel my gospel at Desmond R. dot com my gospel at Desmond dot com and you'll be able to access the messages I listen to the messages all day and for today alone, I think I listened to three complete messages. And that was, uh, that was very edifying. I mean, I listen to my own messages and I get edified. However, we're glad to be in charge here on Wednesday night. We'll pray and then enter into the worship. Please join us and feel free uh, to let the Lord touch your hearts. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we give you thanks once again for this night that we can gather in your house. We, Lord, we count it a privilege to be called your children, your dear children. And as Lord, as we enter into this service tonight, we ask for your guidance and your help and your direction. We remember every child of God that's not well physically and those that are not well spiritually, that you will work with your people, Father. You will work with them, you will help them, you will deliver them, you will bring deliverance on your people, Father. We believe all things are possible to them that believe. And Lord, we have confidence in you that you who started this, us in this race will con continue to keep doing this race, helping us and strengthening us in this race, even unto the end, Father. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord in discourse. Sometimes. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Let's all be seated. I like the selection of choruses tonight. And I was actually looking at some of the ones we were singing. And as my notepad, I got the choruses that we were singing. And the first one is um, Where He Leads Me. Um, how it starts, Nadine? Sometimes he, leads me by Sometimes he leads me by still waters. Songs like the Psalmist David in the 23rd Psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, give me a minute, let me find that Psalm here. Uh, the 23rd Psalm is a very popular Psalm and we can glory in it or we can understand if this is really applicable to our lives and David is a psalm of David David wrote most of the psalms uh, there are some that he did not write but this one he wrote and he was a shepherd boy out in the fields and uh, that's where he learned a lot of um, important things uh, from God I was telling Brian sitting at the back today that I learned a lot of lessons while I was doing security. I was a security guard. And you learn how to protect three luxury condominiums uh, that do vandalism nor uh, uh, thieves did not come on in and destroy things. And for 14 years I did security. And during those 14 years on the site that I worked on, uh, there was not a single break-in and uh, at the same time there was order and discipline and being a site supervisor I did not choose to be that but it happened that way I learned lessons that were valuable and I started to tell Brian today that I learned how to be angry when I choose to be angry I learned how to control my emotions I will be happy when I choose to be happy. Of course, I can giggle at a funny story. But um, if someone is trying to aggravate me, you got a hard job because I choose when I want to be aggravated. And it will be for a purpose. Like if I have to tell someone something seriously, I can choose the proper attitude to develop that. And a lot of times for God to help us in this life, he has to lead us into a path that might not be the very, uh, the nicest path in our lives. Uh, I've taught a lesson some time ago. There are two lessons I taught. One was, if I were God. Uh, one lesson says, if I were God. And you can think about it seriously. If you were God, what will you do? Understand? If you were God for one hour, what will you do? Well, I'd stop the war in, in Ukraine. I will make all the sick people in this world healthy. I will solve, you know, and you can be God for, for one hour, what will you do? You understand? And uh, you can come up with a lot of different suggestions, <clears throat> but God is God. And he hasn't done anything that we would want to do if we were gods. And that's the difference why he is God and we are not. Then if I were the devil, what will I do? 
Um, I don't think I'll close churches. I'll pervert the churches. I don't think I would. Uh, I would work in such a subtle way that people would praise me and give me glory. Um, I'll make people rich so they can give me the credit. You know, like there's so many things. But I'm not God and I'm not the devil. I'm just me. And someone asked me that question many years ago. The brother saying, uh, first of all, if you had to choose an age, what age would you want to be? 20, 25, 35, 40, uh, 45, 50? And I answered the question like this. I said, well, I think 25, 30 is a good age. But if I'm 25 to 30 years old and I was, I'm dumb the way I was when I was 25 to 30, I'll prefer to stay the way I am today. And uh, the person said, well, I got another question. If you were to choose one of the characters in the Bible, which one will you choose? Would you want to be Abraham? Would you want to be Paul? Would you want to be Peter? Uh, would you be Jeremiah or somebody? And I thought about that. Uh, also, and after thinking about it for a few moments, I said, you know what? I know these men are great and they have their wonderful things they've done, but I like me. I'm glad I am me. Sometimes I like me, sometimes I don't like me. Sometimes I let my mouth go ahead of my brains. Um, one of those things, but I like me. And I like what God has done in my life. I would not choose another path than that which he has taken me. And so when we're thinking about God leading us uh, here where he leads, uh, sometimes he leads me by still waters. David made a statement here in Psalm. The 23rd chapter, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now that's a very easy thing to say. Um, I am working hard. To allow the Lord to be my shepherd. Um, I'm supposed to be a spiritual shepherd. But I see the sheep once in a while. Am I. Is the Lord really my shepherd? It means if he's my shepherd. Then I'm accountable, accountable to him on a daily basis. Do I follow him? All the time. No sometimes I follow myself. Like if this afternoon was not so busy and hazy and full of heat, I said, Chandri, let's go have ice cream. Did I pray about that? No, I don't need to. Some things I don't need to pray about. But you see, is the Lord really my shepherd? Well, to a certain extent. And I'm hoping that one day he can be my shepherd in totality. Tonight, he's not. Well, I just testify to you where I stand. What about you? Is he your shepherd? And David is making this statement very strongly because if the Lord is your shepherd, here are the things you need to bear in mind. Um, if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, I will have needs, but I would not just want everything I see my neighbor has. I would not just want everything I see in a commercial. I would only desire the things that he would give me. If I delight myself in the Lord, he shall give me 
the desires of my heart. Why? Because I'm delighting in Him. If I delight in Him, my desires would be proper. It would be godly. It would be that which He approves. And so David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. Uh, when He becomes my total shepherd, it's all green pastures. Sometimes my pastures are not green. Sometimes it's a little different. But you know, the ultimate goal for every one of us is that one day he will be our shepherd 100%, if that's possible. So when he is our shepherd, we will not want, he lead, would lead us in green pastures, and he would lead me beside still waters um, the margin, if you have an Oxford Bible, it is a little number by, by still, and you find it in your Oxford Bible. Anybody? Look down in the center column reference, uh, right down to four, near to verse 5. Waters of rest. Uh, still waters here, it means he will give me waters of rest in that come unto me all ye that labor and fret yourself with the world and I'll give you rest. See, there's rest in the Lord. But what I'm telling you tonight is not accomplished overnight. And so he goes on here, he restored my soul, that which I was born misshapen and uh, in sin my mother, uh, um, in, in, in sin my mother conceived me and I was shapen in iniquity, right? Well, the Lord, if he becomes my shepherd, as he becomes my shepherd, he restores my soul. The reason why my soul is not restored is because the Lord is not totally my shepherd. If I submit myself to him and he becomes my shepherd, he restored my soul and he would lead me not in the paths of unrighteousness, but in the paths of righteousness and anything else that will bring glory to his name, for his name's sake. And David went on here, he says, Yea, though I walk, when the Lord is my shepherd. Now you know what, I can con myself, and uh, I said this before, a greatest con is a person that con himself. It's one thing when somebody comes and sells you a bad vacuum, it's another thing when you sell yourself a bad deal. And one of the worst con you can ever con, uh, con yourself is to believe you're okay when you're not. And one of the biggest con that preachers have made and saints have made for years is to say, well, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. But is he really your shepherd? And so tonight I want us to look at this differently. We're to ask, we should say, when the Lord becomes my shepherd, here is what will happen. He will do these things. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, death to the right, death to the left, death all around me, COVID here, COVID there, black plague and whatever else hit this world during a period of time, if the Lord is my shepherd, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I should not have fear. Perfect love casteth out fear. He says, uh, for thou art with me, 
If he's my shepherd, he will be with me. His rod and his staff will bring comfort to me. You know, it's a wonderful thing to have the Lord as your shepherd. And if that has not been accomplished in your life yet, it's a good, it's a good place to pursue. Let's hope that he becomes our shepherd ultimately. And he says, thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemy, only if he is my shepherd. He says, uh, thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup, we sang about cup two uh, tonight, and my cup run it over. Uh, that is, that will only happen when the Lord becomes my shepherd in totality. So the question I ask again, is he your shepherd? He wants to be the shepherd. The Bible calls him the good shepherd. He would leave the 99 and go after the one. And I wish I would have that spirit. And so it says, surely because he is my shepherd, what follows me? Heartaches, heartbreaks, problems, disaster, calamity. No, because he is my shepherd, when he becomes my shepherd, uh, goodness and mercy shall follow me. In other words, you become like him. And when people touch you, and you know, that was so good when we went into that store today and that lady, she said, you know, when I look at you, I see goodness. You know, I never remember that. I never remember this scripture until tonight. But she says, when I look at you, Mr. Singh, I see goodness. Isn't that a commendation, Brother John? That's a commendation from a woman that's a Hindu. And she says, I see goodness. And I'm now remem remembering it. it. It fits with the scripture. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow thee all the days of your life. And David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Whether that's the church or whatever it means, you can't make me backslide. You can't make me leave. Nothing can help me. Nothing can take me out. Nothing can, can hinder me. And so when you come to that place of the Lord becoming your shepherd, it's a long process, but it's a good process. And men, men of God in the Bible, the, the next song is... Um, uh, let me uh, feel your spirit. Let me feel your spirit. What that says? Yes, Lord, I need to feel your spirit. And here is David again in Psalm 51. In Psalm 51, David was going through a process. He had sinned and he had committed a bad situation in his life. And God was judging him. He had committed adultery with Bathsheba and a child was born from that adulterous union. A child was born and the child became sick because it was not a God-ordained union. Uh, but the child became sick and David was praying that God will spare the life of that child. And he prayed and he fasted and he was on his face and he prayed that God would spare the life of that child. But then one day, the child died. God did not spare the life of the child. And so David got up. And amazingly, that's why I like David. Amazingly, he got up, washed his face, get himself tidy up, and continue his activity. And during this process of chastisement, David, he wrote this Psalm 51. 
He says, have mercy upon me, O God. Now, there, you can't find another man like David. These men in the Bible are my champions. And someone says, you've got to be kidding. Brother so-and-so was your pastor, and he did some wrong things? Well, I'll tell you what. David is my champion. And he could not even build a temple because God said he had too much blood on his hands. But he was a man after God's own choosing. And this man that has good days and bad days. You know, you can um, pick a good psalm and read a psalm where he says good things. Uh, to like the one we just read, the Lord is my shepherd. And you can tell yourself the Lord is my shepherd even though he's not. But you make yourself feel happy. Or you can read a sad psalm like 51 I'm about to read. And he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now hold your finger in Psalms 51. And I'm thinking of a psalm here in the early part of the Psalms where David is making a statement here after he's suffering. Chapter 6 of uh, Psalms, uh, the book of Psalms, uh, he wrote a beautiful psalm in chapter 5, and he talks about a few important things in chapter 5, and in verse 8 of chapter 5, he says, Lead me, O Lord, in righteousness because of mine iniquity. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because I'm a man filled with iniquity. Isn't this a beautiful verse? And then in, in verse 1 of chapter 6, he says, O Lord, I know I'm done, I've done some wrong things, and I know you're going to judge me, and I know that sin has consequences, and um, I'm to be chastised. There's no, every, every transgression shall receive a just recompense of reward, but God forgives a sin, doesn't he? Jesus died when I was a sinner. He died for me. And David is saying here, uh, while he's going through one of the process where he's being chastised, he says, Oh Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger. You're going to rebuke me, Lord? Please, don't rebuke me when you're angry. Neither chasten me in your hot displeasure. Uh, you know, um, when Nadine was growing up, I tried to be a good dad. One daughter you got, and she's growing up, and she was like four and five, and... She was a very good kid. Uh, she was one of the little Shirley Temples uh, that did not do much wrong. Uh, she would walk into a house and a million things looking, sitting around tempting each child. She would walk in and don't touch a single thing. And one day she decided to touch a single thing. And um, she looked and there was a wrong red stuff that's on the floor. And she picked it up and put it in her mouth and discovered it was a pepper, a kind we call weary weary. And you will never forget the experience if you put one of that in your mouth. First thing she ever grabbed from the floor and put in her mouth. Not like some other people I know. You know, some other people that's in church tonight, I know we went to the mall and I said, somebody says, where you got gum from? Oh, it was under the table, <laughs> you know? I'm not going to tell you who it is, but there is somebody else that grew up and you went into the mall and they got gum. Where you got the gum from? Under the table. 
You put your hand, and if you put your hand under the dining tables in the mall, you'll find people eat gum and stick it. Well, Nadine had a pepper in her mouth, and she never put another something in her mouth that she picked up from the ground. What a lesson. But what I'm about to say is that when I was angry with her, and there were many times I get angry with her, she can embarrass me in public because she was very outspoken. Um, she told an old man something in the elevator one time, I'm almost fainted. Uh, she told him the worst thing you can tell an old man in the elevator, what he looked like. And he looked and he smiled and he says, I know, you're correct, kid. And I'm trying to reach down to pinch her. She's about five years old and she's putting that. But you know, when I'm angry, I never discipline Nadine. And if she used to get a spanking when she was, she did something like that, we'll go home. And I wouldn't yell when I'm angry, no. I would wait until I'm calm and collective. And I said, Nadine, come on over. You know, you did something wrong today. Yes, Dad. And Dad did not like it. And I must discipline you for that. And so I'm going to give you two lashes on your hand. You know, in those days, parents didn't go to jail because they spanked their kids. Right? And she would put her hand out and she could take two lashes and she would go and sit in the corner and cry that out. And when she's done, the, con the discipline we offered, she would come to me and says, Dad, thank you for discipline. And that's how we grow up. God, David is saying, don't rebuke me when you're angry, Lord. And God would not. But he's bargaining with God. He says, have mercy upon me, O Lord. For I'm weak. I'm a human being. I'm weak. I'm little. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm withered. He says, I'm, I'm weak and I'm withered. I think at this time, David was losing sleep and losing, he was uh, losing his appetite and he was pining away. He says, I'm withered. I'm weak. Oh Lord, heal me for my bones are vexed. He says, please help me. He says, my soul is also sword vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long, how long am I going to go through this process? It's a process, and God has a time for everything. Listen, children of God, you're not going to die one day short of the time that God has allotted for you. And the process he has that he's working on each one of us is to bring the Spirit of Jesus up in our lives. Some of us will take longer than others. But the job must be done. And David said, uh, he says, My soul is also sword vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? How long, Lord? It's like weeks. You don't get slim in two days. You lose your appetite and you're pining away because you're under the hand of God. He says, for in death, you know, verse 4, he says, Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. And save me for your mercy's sake, please, oh God, save me. David, my favorite man, he's going through his trial. You know, it's nice when you see him stand there before Goliath and he's going to kill the giant. But you got to see the man. I like him when he's not standing before Goliath. I like to find out about him when he's, he is weak and trembling and losing his appetite and pining away, asking God for help. That's when I like the man. That's when he writes from the heart some powerful statements that will help me. 
because when I'm going through my trial, I can look to the scriptures and say, he made it, I can make it. Are you all here? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He says, he says, if I die, for in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who can give thee thanks? He says, I'm weary, verse 6, I'm weary with my own groanings. Now, there were, in the early days when someone is sick, uh, you're there and someone is sick and someone, you know, sick and they can't take the sickness because they have fever and aches and pain. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Brother Terry? And someone is lying there and he says, oh, oh God, oh God, you know, and you got to sleep in the room with that and it's, oh God, please God, hmm, 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 hmm. All night you listen to that? Well, David was not listening to somebody else's groaning. He was listening to his own groaning. He says, I'm weary of my own groaning. All the night I make my bed to swim. And that's not because it was a waterbed. It was tears. He was shedding tears. This man of God that was chosen by God had a process that God must take him through. And he did come through. It was not an overnight job, it was a process. And he says, I water my couch with my tears, mine eyes is consumed because of my grief. He says, my eyes are sunken in to my head. He said, it waxed old because of all mine enemies. And he goes on, he says, the Lord had heard my supplication, verse 9. The Lord will receive my prayers. Uh, this is such a wonderful thing. And so here in Psalms 51, uh, David again, we're talking about David tonight. About David. This man that the throne of Israel will be called the throne of David. If you knew him when he was a rough hoodlum, you would never think he would have a throne. But God takes the beggar from the dunghill and makes a prince out of them. Everyone has a fighting chance. No matter where you're coming from, you have a fighting chance. And the worse your e evils are in your life, the greater the grace God will bestow upon your life. And you know, the people that love me the most are the ones that were the most ridiculous in their own lives. And that is why, because God loves me when I was ridiculous, and God loved David when he was ridiculous, God can love you and help you through your problem. Hang in there. And he goes on here, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly, or thoroughly, uh, from mine iniquity. I think both of those are right. Thoroughly, thoroughly, it's the same thing. He says, and cleanse me from my sin, please, O God. The man sinned and he, you know, you read the story. Well, he sinned and he asked God to forgive him and God, no, 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 the process of forgiveness was a long process. God, we see, we are all, if I'm a child of God, I'm gold, but not pure, purified gold. I'm raw gold. Everybody say raw gold. Raw gold. 
for God to use you, he has to put you on the blacks, uh, on the goldsmith's fire or his bench where he puts the fire on the raw gold and the fire purges out the dross, the humanity, the iniquity is purged out from that individual until pure gold is seen. The process is not overnight. And that is why Peter said, he said, count it not strange concerning the fiery trial which will try you as if something strange is happening to you. No, child of God, nothing strange is happening to you. It happened to David. It happened to all the men in the Bible. And we're looking at one here. His name is David. And he goes on, he says, he says, now here's the bargain. He is bargaining with God. He says, God, I acknowledge my transgression. You know, a lot of people don't acknowledge their transgression. He said, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is before my eyes every day, every moment of the day. I can't just wipe my mouth and carry on. He says, the sin is there. Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when you speak and clear when you judge me. He says, I did this to you, Lord. I did it sin against you, and you're just doing this to help me. Verse 5, he says, but, but God, I didn't choose to be born, but I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin my mom conceived me. I was born a sinner. So God, have mercy on me today. I'm a human being. I wasn't born an angel. No, I was born shapen in iniquity and in sin. My mom conceived me. What a way to bargain with God. He says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts, that thou mayst know me, make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me once again to hear the joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may finally rejoice. Did David have, David had all kinds of broken bones? No, this was an expression. He said, you busted me in, you have slain me, you have broken my bones, you have taken away my appetite, you have made me shrunk and withered. He says, God, please let your spirit come back into me that I may rejoice that the bones that I was broken may rejoice, hide thy face from my sins, please and blot out mine iniquities. It is so important. Saints, it is so important that we don't harbor iniquities. You might not commit natural fornication or natural adultery or natural, uh, uh, you might not steal naturally or commit even murder naturally. And you might think you're free. But if iniquity lies in your life, God has to cleanse you. The process must be done in your life. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit, a steadfast spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And here is what he says in the last two verses, I like here, 12 and 13. He restore unto me the joy of salvation, and uphold me with your willing spirit, O God. Then, when you help me, I can turn around God and help other men in similar situation like you helped me. You know what? I'm glad God helped me 
And had it not been for God's grace, I would have been dead a long time ago. But God was merciful to me. And I want to reflect that grace to every individual that crosses my path. The obnoxious man, the, the, the heathen, the sinner, anyone that comes along my path, I want even those that revile me and tell me evil things to hurt me, I want to be able to bless and don't curse. Uh, we have 15 minutes to go. I have one more scripture. And everyone maybe already know where I'm going with this. In Leviticus, the third chapter, we've been talking about David. And I almost went into talking about Job. But Job is a big subject. So some other day we'll talk about Job. But today, I'll talk about Jeremiah, my, one of my favorite prophets. Jeremiah is a favorite prophet of mine, and Isaiah is a favorite prophet. Oh, they're all favorites of mine. My champions are not on, in Hollywood. You know, I don't care who was Burt Reynolds or what's the, the newest ones. Uh, come on, expose your sins. Um, tell me what's the newest one. Um, I, I look at shows sometimes and don't know who their names are. But um, um, let me see. I can try to get a movie star. Sister, uh, one of y'all that, you know, don't tell us what you're looking at, but you, who's that? Tom Cruise. Okay? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is popular out there. And he maybe does great movies and he's a halfway Christian. I think he belongs to the Church of the Scientology. Something like that. Uh, but, but you know, my champions are in this book. And they're loaded with mistakes. They're loaded with evil. But God brings them through the process. They go through the whole process. And they make it to the end. Now here's one of my friends. My champions. Jeremiah. And he's writing because when God sent him to preach the gospel to Israel. God says, I'll make you an iron pillar. Against the whole nation. What? I am iron pillar. So you walk out thinking you're iron pillar. Wait, he's got to save you. And so it was not all that he thought it would be. Because this prophet was thrown in the slime pit. He was persecuted by the people. No one believed him. Just a handful of people believed him. They rejected him. All the prophets God sent, they were rejected by God's people. And so Jeremiah, when he was in his distress, he writes in, in Lamentation, the third chapter. He says, I am the man. What a wonderful way. Remember the lady in Florida, she tell me, she told me, she says, you're the man. <laughs> I, maybe, she, maybe she knew Lamentations 3. Chan, you think she knew that? I think she probably was quoting Lamentations 3. Because David said, I am the man. But he didn't stop there. He says that a seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. What? Jeremiah? But you're a prophet. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm the man that has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. He, God, led me and brought me into darkness and not into light. He's going through his process. He's like David. His bed is swimming with tears. And that is how God prepares. Even the prophet needs to be saved. 
Even the pastor needs to be saved. Every one of us, like I said tonight, we can say the Lord is my shepherd, but is he really our shepherd? When will he become our shepherd? Let it be a goal in our lives that we'll pursue. And, 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 and Jeremiah says, he had led me and brought me into darkness and not into light. Surely against me, God is stern. He turned his hand against me all the day. God is against me. This is a prophet, man. Can God do this to a prophet? God saves every one of his children. And if there are things in our lives that God must save us with, he will save you. Everyone might say hopeless. God says no, I'll save them. When, when, when uh, Moses went away into Egypt, they thought that that's the last they'd see him. When he went from Egypt into, into the land of Midian, right? He went over there and they says, Ah, oh, we got rid of that ambitious guy named Moses. No, you didn't. Because God was going to prepare him and send him back. And the same man that you thought you got rid of, he's going to come and bring hell in the land. Jeremiah forgot to finish the work in Jeremiah's life. God had to process Jeremiah also. And he said in verse 4, My flesh and my skin had he made old, and he had broken my bones. It seems like it's a common thing that God does to the men he loves. Bust them in. Age their flesh and break their bones. But I don't want to be a child of God. Well, you know what? Everything comes with a price. And he goes on here, he says, My skin, my flesh and skin had he made old and broken my bones. He had built it against me and come past me about with gall and travail. He had set me in dark places as they that are long dead of old. He says, Sometimes I feel like, hey, I'm like I'm in the grave. I'm like in the Sheol, whatever it is. Have you ever locked yourself in a room because you feel there is no hope? Well, here's a man, one of my champions in the Bible, Jeremiah. We just talked about David a little bit, but here's another champion of mine, Jeremiah. And he said here, God has hedged me about that I cannot. He says, you know, this whole prophet thing, I want to get out, but I can't. He hedged me in. Every time I say I'm going to quit, I hear someone saying the wrong thing. And there comes the fire is shut up in my bone. I open my mouth and preach again. Isn't God wonderful? He knows how to bust us in to save us. But he will save us. He will save us. Nothing valuable happens overnight. There's a price to be paid for everything. The process of discipleship must be established in the life, lives of every child of God. Amen. David, uh, uh, Jeremiah went on here and time is almost gone and he says, also when I cry and shout, he shutted out my prayers. He said, well, this is what God has done. He had enclosed my ways and with huge stone and my path is all crooked. Can you believe a man of God that goes out to preach the gospel and God sent him, this is his attitude? Well, it will be your attitude too if you were going through the process. 
And so that is why it is important that you and I, as I'm going through the process, can you bear up with me? When I lose my cool, can you bear up with me? When the man that chooses when he wants to be angry, suddenly get angry when he didn't choose, can you bear up with me? When I say things coming out of my mouth that I shouldn't say, can you bear up with me? And can when anyone else that's going through the process fails and struggles, can you bear up with them? Can you be long-suffering? Can you have empathy and mercy and, and love and charity towards individuals that need that? We to let our light so shine in this world that outside individuals may see our good works and glory by our Father which is in heaven. You know, this is a wonderful place to be in. And Jeremiah went on and he complained, complained, complained. <clears throat> and then, same man, same chapter, after he complained, and then he stops for a moment and he thinks how good God is. And he said in verse 22, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not all dead, because he had com his compassion faileth not. They are new every morning. He says, great is thy faithfulness. Somebody says, where we get that song from? From Jeremiah's writing. Great is his faithfulness. He says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait. Verse 37, Dave Jeremiah said, who is he that saith? The lawyer, the doctor, the politician, the rich man, the wealthy millionaire. Who is he that said, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commanded it not? Amen. And so tonight, as we were singing these songs, my heart was singing. Because even though I sing the Lord, think about the Lord being my shepherd, I pray that sometimes... And I like that song. Let me go through that song before we close in prayer. Sometimes, sometimes he leads me. That's how it starts. Sometimes he leads me by still waters. Sometimes dung paths I do not know. Sometimes he takes me through the valley. But wherever he leads... His grace doth flow. God's grace is always there to help you. Listen, don't give up until he gives up. As long as there's life, there is hope. And Solomon says a living dog is better than a dead lion. I'm glad I'm alive. And I'm glad you're alive. And I'm glad that these examples of scripture, these champions in the Bible are given to us. To encourage our hearts that when we're going through a trial, we are allowed to complain. We are allowed to, 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 to whine and moan. Oh yeah. It does not change God. It might change the people that hear you. But it does not change God. You think David, all that Jeremiah said made God angry and want to kill him? No. God was taking him through a process and that which was on the inside had to come out in order for God to cleanse him. 
I'm so glad I'm in church tonight. I'm so glad you're listening to this service tonight. And I pray that we will all pursue the path that one day we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this Wednesday night. We thank you, Father, for your word. That scripture is given to us, Lord, and we can extract your word straight out of the of the, the written scriptures, O oh Father. And we can have consolation and hindsight can give us encouragement in our hearts. Lord, I bring every child of God present here tonight, and I pray that you'll work in our lives to fortify us and strengthen our faith. Help us to grow in your ways, Father, for we ask in Jesus' wonderful name and for his glory. Amen and amen.